Well, today we're going to be talking about life-transforming community. And this picture, this is Jamie Carmichael. And, and most of you guys don't know him. I, I would probably be safe to assume that none of you guys know them, know him. But I do. You see, I would not be here today if it was not for this man, Jamie Carmichael. Because of what he meant to me and who he was as he mentored me. You know, I remember meeting Jamie for the first time in 1996 in the, on the streets of Cincinnati when I was trying to look for a ministry to be a part of. And me and some of my buddies went down to the inner city of Cincinnati to find a church that we wanted to work with. And we met Jamie. And that began a, a, a very great relationship, serving with him. He mentored me and mentored us. And I saw firsthand his love for God, his passion for people, and his, how he exhibited that in his humility and his willingness to sacrifice. I mean, it was always about the other person. When you were with Jamie, you were always the, pri the priority. I mean, he was so focused. You know, my life, to be honest with you, is shaped by people who poured into me. People like Bill Baumgartner, Terry Lutz, Paul Pennington, my dad, Rick Cherock, Sylvester Wallace, John Ray, just to name a few. And I know you guys have no idea who these people are. But in a way you do. Because you see their influence in me. I am who I am today because of the people who have shaped me and spent time with me. You see, so often hero, heroes go unrecognized. They go behind the scenes. They're working behind the scenes intentionally mentoring other people to be heroes in other people's lives. We are shaped by the people that we surround ourselves with. All the time, I am shaped because of who I have been surrounded by. And I could have easily gone the wrong path. I could have easily not been here today. I could have easily made some really bad choices. And there's times when it was pretty close in my life. There was times when I surrounded myself with the wrong people, the wrong influences that could have led me astray. And it could have really pulled me in the wrong way. You see, the person we become is developed by the people that we surround ourselves with. You are a creation of the people that you surround yourself with. Who you surround yourself with makes a significant difference in your life and in this world. Every relationship that we have impacts future relationships. There's no way getting around this. We are relational beings. Every relationship you've had in the past impacts how you interact and how you associate with people moving forward. It, it, you can see it in your level of trust, your ability to communicate or inability to communicate, your level of integrity, or you could go on and on. You see, every relationship you have is a building block in the foundation of your own life. And you're constantly building that foundation by the relationships that you have. And too many of us have uh, weak foundations because we're surrounding ourselves with the wrong people, the wrong influences. And because of a, our foundations get weak, and broken. You see, Paul was very true in his words in 1 Corinthians 15 when he says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Who you surround yourself with matters. It really matters. Your life is shaped by the relationships you have. There's no way getting around it. 
And oftentimes we say, Bill, I want to do this. I want to be a better person. I want to, be, I want to trust better. I want to communicate better. I want to have better integrity. Whatever it might be, we say we want these things, but in reality, we need to look at who we surround ourselves with, the influences that we have in our life. You know, in the early church, Paul and Barnabas, they traveled, and they preached together, and they encouraged each other, and they encouraged other people, and they, their focus was developing the church moving forward. In the early church, when you go into the book of Acts, you see these two men kind of pave the way for the church that we know today. If it was not for their efforts, we wouldn't be here. And their focus was to create intentional communities, gathering people around them to develop to encourage, to mentor, to become heroes in other people's lives. That was their focus. That was their mission. Their mission was not to go out there and be the ones to, to gather the whole nations. Their mission was to gather up people who are they, that they are mentoring to be heroes in other people's lives. However, here's a problem. They had a little bit of a hiccup in their relationship. A little bit of an issue that arose. You see, there was this one part in their journey when they were gathered together and, and they said, hey, let's go to the other nations that we've already preached. Let's go see the people. Let's encourage them. And then once they do that, then they begin their conversation, who we're going to take with us? Who's going to be kind of like the people we bring under our wings to give them opportunities to encourage, to mentor, to train, and to develop? And, 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 and Barnabas said, hey, why not John Mark? Let's take John Mark. And Paul said, no way. John Mark, you remember him, Barnabas? He, he, he let us down. He deserted us. When we needed him most, he wasn't there. There's no way I'm traveling with him. And then what we see in Acts 15 is the Bible describes as a sharp disagreement between Paul and Barnabas. I mean, I can only imagine the, the anger, the spit that was flying back and forth. And John Mark just standing there like, hey guys, I'm right here. As they argued and argued to a sharp disagreement on whether they should take him. And the argument became so intense that, that Paul and Barnabas came to the conclusion, we can't go together. I can't travel with you anymore. And they split up to go their different directions of the churches that they're going to encourage and develop. And then the Bible says that Paul took John, uh, John Mark, or Barnabas took John Mark, and Paul took Silas. Acts 15, verse, beginning in verse 39 it kind of encounters that. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took John Mark and sailed to Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. Do you see that? The sharp disagreement separated them. Barnabas took John Mark. And then Paul took Silas. And then later on, they, they picked up this other knucklehead by the name of Timothy. You probably have heard about him as you read through the New Testament. But we can't overlook the fact that Paul and Barnabas had a little bit of a hiccup in their relationship. They had a little bit of a hiccup in their focus and what they were trying to do. But make no mistake about it, their intentions remained the same. Their focus still went on course. And that was to develop intentional communities where biblical mentorship happens to train and unleash heroes. That was their focus. That was their focus moving forward. They planted churches, but those churches they planted were intentional communities where biblical mentoring took place so that they could continue to identify 
train and unleash future heroes that would be heroes in other people's lives, that would be heroes in other people's lives, generation to come, generation to come. This is all about mentoring. This is all about intentional, life-transforming communities. This is all about making heroes. You see, my friends, you have the ability to be a hero in somebody's life. You do. Don't let Satan twist your mind. You have the ability to be a hero in somebody's life. But it starts with who are you surrounding yourself with? Who are the heroes in your life that's investing in you that you can turn around and then begin to invest in other people? Parents, you're investing in your children. Families, you have the ability to invest in your neighbors, in other people here at the church, in people where you work, wherever it may be. You see, Paul's focus was identifying intentional moments to have intentional conversations. That's what biblical mentoring is all about. It's actually transforming our focus to finding intentional opportunities to have intentional conversations. And that was Paul's mission. That was Paul's focus, to continually find people to mentor, to mentor them and to unleash them. He kind of gives Timothy that knucklehead that they brought underneath their wings and he developed and trained and, and then eventually set out. He gave Timothy that guidance as he unleashed him to create intentional communities in the church that he was at. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 2 that Paul writes to Timothy, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Do you see the intentionality in Paul's words? You see his focus it's not about just going and shooting the breeze with people, playing cards, drinking some coffee, whatever it might be. It's not just about shooting the breeze. It's being intentional about the opportunities that you have to have intentional conversations with people, to guide them towards the heart of God and what that means for them in their journey. Paul wrote, you heard me say, these are the intentional moments that he's talking about to have the intentional conversations. In that verse, he then he said, to entrust to reliable, reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. This, my friends, is hero making. That's what hero making is all about. This is being intentional to biblically mentor people around you to take their next step closer to Jesus and what that might mean for them. That's what mentoring is all about. This is a focus adjustment that we need to have to see every moment that we have in our life as an opportunity to invest in somebody else. And so often we miss those opportunities. They're there, but we miss those opportunities. Paul wrote in Ephesians to make the most of every opportunity. And so often we don't make the most of every opportunity because we're too nervous. We don't think we know enough. We're too afraid. We're nervous about what they may say or what they may do or how may they may respond. Or maybe it's like, I just want to be in the moment. I just want to enjoy this moment right now. I'm playing cards. I got the better hand. But then we miss those opportunities to be intentional in somebody else's life, to transform their heart and their mind. See, intentional community develops life-transforming opportunities. It really does. That's what happens. You can be a hero in somebody's life. You can transform somebody's life if you just focus on intentional community. If you just take that step in your surroundings. You know, intentional community, let's just be honest, it does not happen by chance. 
You're not going to go out there and like, boy, I really hope that maybe it's just going to happen. Oh, there's opportunities for it to happen, but you need to take the opportunity. You need to make the opportunity because intentional community is about biblically mentoring and, and being intentional in our conversations with other people. So let's pause and just think about it for a moment. I want you to take this moment right now just to reflect in your own journey just a little bit. Who are the heroes in your life? Think about that for just a moment. Who are the heroes in your journey? I've named, I've named some of mine. Who are yours? I bet and I hope right now you can begin naming people throughout your past who are heroes in your life, who took the opportunity to be intentional in your journey to help you be where you're at in this moment. And now let's flip the coin a little bit. Who are you being a hero to? Who are you being a hero to? Who are you investing into? Who are you taking the time to be intentional with in your conversations? Who are you mentoring to become more like Jesus? A lot of us can really easily quickly talk, name the people who are invested in us. But sadly, I think some of us may stall when we think about, Bill, there's really nobody that I'm doing that with. And that's you. I don't want you to be bummed out. I don't want you to be extra guilty on yourself. I don't want you to beat yourself out, up. I want you to be honest with that. And I want you to start to ask a question, why am I not being intentional in somebody else's life? What can I do right now to be intentional in somebody else's life to help them to know and to love Jesus, to walk with Jesus, to follow Jesus? What can I do more? What can I do? And my friend, it's really not that difficult you don't have to be some theologian or Bible scholar just to be intentional in somebody's life. Think about the people in your life and what they meant to you and what they did. Did they know everything? No. Did they get everything right? No, I bet you can see some imperfections in their journey too. But what made the difference is, what the, is they took the opportunity to be there in your life. And that's what we need to start to do for other people more and more I need to be better at mentoring. You need to be at mentoring. This is what growth groups are all about here at Impact. Growth groups are all about taking those, making intentional communities to have intentional conversations with people. There's study groups. There's other groups we're going to be looking at, serve groups, and sharing uh, groups that just share life together. But finding opportunities where we can just be intentional in somebody else's life to pour into them what God has done in our life. You see, the focus of intentional and biblical mentoring community is really just kind of being real with each other. How's it going in your family? What's going on in your marriage? What's happening with your kids? Take the time to be intentional in those conversations. And you might find out, boy, I thought things were pretty great and maybe they weren't. How can I be there for you? What's going on? How can we support you? How can we help you to make things right in that relationship? Maybe it's in your occupation. Hey, how are things going at work? How's, how's your job? Are you advancing? Do you feel like you're stalled? Do you feel like you're dead inside? Are you, are you being a person of integrity in your place of work? Or are you one person here, one person there because it makes a difference? You know, how's it going on in your work? Maybe it's your relationship with Jesus or the relationship with the church and it's investing in people's life. Like really, where are you at spiritually? Have you been baptized? Did you take that step? 
Are you really reading the Bible daily or regularly? Are you really taking time to hang out with Jesus and grow in him? Are you really being a part and active in what's going on here at the church? Do you have an issue with somebody at the church? Well, what do you need to do to make that right? You know, Matthew 5 says, if you've got a problem with a brother or sister, go talk to them. And let, let me help you work that out. You know, whatever it might be. You know, where, how's your relationship with Jesus in the church? And finally, you can talk to them about their mission. You know, God gave us all uh, uh, gifts and talents and passions to be used for his glory. And we can be intentional in people's life. Hey, wh what passions do you have? What gifts have God given to you? Are, are you using that to serve Jesus? Are you on a ministry team? How are you serving Jesus in all that you do? You see, every relationship has the opportunity to form other people more into the likeness of Jesus. That's what intentional conversations are all about. And here's the crazy thing. You don't have to be a theologian by just simply being there for each other. How's your marriage? How's your relationship with your kids? How are you going at to, uh, how's things going at work? Before you know it, you're having a Bible study. Because when you're being intentional with each other, you're starting to dig in what God says about that. What God guides us to. Because his book is the, his, the Bible is the God's guidebook for life. That's what intentional community is all about. That's what intentional conversations mean. You know, Paul and Barnabas, that was their mission. That was their focus. They took knuckleheads like John Mark and Timothy and Silas and other people as you read through the New Testament. These people didn't have it all together. They just had a heart for God at some level. And they took them under their wings. They trained and they developed them. And then they unleashed them to go and be, become heroes in other people's lives. And when you do that, you have the opportunity to transform generations to come one life at a time. If you just take the opportunity, who am I investing in? How am I being intentional in the communities that I am in? How am I being intentional in the conversations that I'm having? How am I transforming lives, biblically mentoring other people to become more like Jesus? And be honest with yourself too, who's mentoring me right now? Because it needs to go both ways. You know, I am thankful for the mentors I have in my life who guide me and lead me. And we constantly need, need mentors in our lives who guide us and lead us and honestly can tell us the truth sometimes even when it hurts. Bill, you are the knucklehead. You made this, this stupid choice there. You need to just shut your mouth. <laughs> we need people in our life just to be real with us. And we need to be real in other people's life. That's what intentional community is all about. An intentional community truly creates life-transforming opportunities because in community, we find encouragement. We find the encouragement. Encouragement is biblical mentoring. That's what it's all about. You know, it's having intentional conversations, guiding people towards life-transforming opportunities. We have a misunderstanding of what encouragement means, what biblical encouragement means today. You see, we think encouraging is just that, boy. Good job out there. You know, but unfortunately, we become like the American Idol Syndrome. You know what the American Idol Syndrome is? We tell people, a boy, even though in reality we know they stink. And then they have to go on American Idol and they see Simon Cowell and he is honest with them. You stink. I don't know who, what people are telling you, but you're awful. We don't want to make people have a Simon Cowell moment because we were too um, fearful of being real. Now, it's not being a jerk. It's not being awful in their life. But it's building that relationship with other people where you can encourage them. And what is encouragement? Guiding them in the right direction. 
towards the heart of God. That's biblical encouragement. That's intentional conversations, what God calls us to do. You know, circling back to John Mark, you know, don't allow a bad relational moment distract you from having intentional community. You know, Paul, look at him. He had a bad day. He, he got a little off his rockers. He may have had a point, though. You know, John Mark did desert them. John Mark did have a shortcoming that, that Paul was worried about the trust level in that relationship moving forward. I don't know, maybe Paul didn't handle it too well. And so often, sometimes we express our opinions poorly. It, it may be right. It may have some validity to it. But we express our opinions poorly in intentional communities when authenticity happens. And unfortunately, sadly, sometimes we allow hurt, hurt feelings because of, of sometimes our mistakes and expression, our true feelings cause us then forget it, I'm out. I'm not even going to be a part of the intentional community anymore. I'm going to do this on my own. Don't let that happen. See, John Mark could have really easily said, I saw you guys argue. You know, I saw what Paul said about me and just, you know, I'm going to go home. I'm going to throw in the towel. I quit. I'm done. He could have done that. But if he did that, do you know we would have never had the gospel of Mark? We would have never had that gospel if he threw in the towel. If he said, you know what? I quit. So don't do that. Don't let other people, because we're all imperfect, don't let the imperfect imperfections of other people cause you to, to give up on community. John Mark was right there during the argument, but he went with Barnabas. He continued that journey. And then sometime later, guess what? This is the amazing thing. Uh, several years later, Paul, in his brokenness, when he was in prison, when he, was, when he needed other people around him, like, I poured into you, now I need you to pour into me because I'm broken, I'm in prison, I'm trying to have all the strength I can just to continue to move forward. I need people to surround me. And in this one letter in 2 Timothy, he was telling about all the people who deserted him, and I need people who, right now with me because so many left me. And then look what happens in verse four, chapter 4, verse 11 of 2 Timothy. He said, only Luke was with me. And then he says, get this, hear this, get Mark. That's John Mark, who he didn't want anything to do with in Acts 15. He says, go get him and bring him with you. Hear this, because he is helpful to me in my ministry. Those are powerful words. It's so powerful in this moment. Why? Because as we read the story, it's so easy to jump on, on Paul and say, man, Paul, you really messed it up. But we tend to overlook the growth the spiritual growth that happened in John Mark's life. The biblical mentoring that took place between him and Barnabas. You see, we don't know all the details from Acts 15 to 2 Timothy 4. It was about 15 years between Acts 15 and 2 Timothy 4. We don't know what all had transpired in those 15 years. But we do know this. John Mark became a man that was unreliable, that was immature, to a man that Paul could not move forward without because he needed his strength in his life. That is spiritual growth. That is intentional community that transforms lives. That transforms them. 
And you will never experience what John Mark experienced if you choose to isolate yourself from intentional community where intentional conversations happen. You just won't. And when that happens, then you will miss out on God doing something in your life. God doing something extraordinary in your life. It's the journey of faith. And so I guess the question for you is the same question that John Mark had to deal with in Acts 15. Are you willing to go on this journey of spiritual growth? Are you willing to take a step and be a part of intentional community where intentional conversations happen so that we can, our lives can be transformed so that we can experience the heart of God like no other that we have ever experienced before? Because it, it, it happens. And experiencing the heart of God is all about guiding us to a stronger relationship with him that helps us learn how to better handle circumstances and the outcome of opportunities that may happen in our life in good days or bad. Having a closer connection with God opens those doors. And you know what else it does? In community, we find our place. We find our place in community. Like John Mark, we sometimes don't know where we fit in or where we belong. The more we isolate ourselves from community, the more questions tend to remain in our heart and our mind. And too many times, so many people live in separation from community. They try to do life on their own. And that, all that tends to do is cause us to go into a false reality in our minds. When we separate ourselves from community, our mind le- tends to rule our hearts. And we begin to go through the lens and focus of our own isolation. And we don't know where we fit in. We think others are better than us. We think the community doesn't really want us. And so on. Our mind just plays those games with us because we've separated ourselves from community. And the more we are in community, the more we realize something else. In community, we have purpose. That's what happens. The more you're in community, the more you realize you have purpose. That's where we find it. That's where we experience it. And when we experience biblical encouragement, then we find our place. And we find our purpose. And we move closer to the heart of God. So where are you at? See, the bottom line is this. It's written in Hebrews 10. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Do you see those words? Let us consider how we may spur, encourage each other, move each other towards loving and doing good deeds, the heart of God, not giving up meeting each other, together. Have those, make sure we have time for intentional community where intentional conversations happen so that we create the habit of encouraging one another to do good things. That's our call. You will experience the heart of God so much more the more you involve yourself in those intentional communities. Don't miss out what God wants to do in your life, the way God transformed John Mark's life. So what is your next step? What's your next step? Who is biblically mentoring you? And who are you going to invest in being a hero to? Who are you going to have an intentional community with? Who will you mentor? Let's pray together.
Father, we just love you. And Lord, help us to see our role in this community. Lord, help us to see our place. You know, I, I think so many of us at some level, we feel like John Mark, where we feel like we've, maybe we've been alienated. Maybe we were hurt by what other people said about us or have done to us. But Lord, if that's the case, like John Mark, maybe follow Matthew 5 and go work it out. And Lord God, maybe like John Mark, we need to find ourselves in an intentional community so that our lives can be transformed, so that we can actually grow to become hero makers and become what you've called us to be. Lord, I pray that we may all see our next step, what we need to do in this moment to be more intentional in our community, to be more intentional in our conversations. And God, our hearts, and God, our path towards that. It's in your name we pray. Amen.